is the Schaefer Baseball Report, an inside look at America's pastime. From Little League all the way to the big leagues. Now here's your host, former Major League infielder Jeff Schaefer. Well, welcome everybody to the Schaefer Baseball Report number 65. And uh, a lot of good topics today. We got back somewhat on task, didn't we, Andrew? Somewhat. Somewhat. Not bad. I don't think we could ever stay. I don't think we could do a show. We no. couldn't be news reporters. No. We all have semi-orders of ADD. So. Semi, yeah. Semi. We're, we're Is there a contest here? Who wins? ADD? Yeah. You. Yeah. What's John? ADC? <laughs> and you're ADB? ADCD. ADCD? <laughs> but yeah, we got another great show, and uh, we appreciate everybody listening, and we'll be back right after these messages. This segment of today's podcast is brought to you by EA Sports Fields. EA Sports Fields provides professional athletic field construction, design, renovation, and maintenance for all levels of play. Former professional groundskeeper for over 20 years, they provide a unique perspective regarding your playing surface. You've heard of the five tools of baseball? EA Sports Fields excels in the five tools of providing an exceptional playing surface for players, owners, groundskeepers, fans, and your community. To learn more about EA Sports Fields, find them on Facebook at EA Sports Fields Incorporated or visit www.easportsfields.com. All right, well, welcome everybody to uh, the 65th Schaefer Baseball Report. And uh, interesting week, as usual, in, in our youth travel showcase world and even in our high school world. So I got, uh, everybody comes in and talks to us about stuff, you know. It's, uh, or we get phone calls like, you're not going to believe this. Or, you know, are we doing something wrong? And we got uh, two different, uh, what would you say they are? The, the way that you run a play, you know? The, oh, yeah, just the fundamentals of the play. The fundamentals the of, the play, of the play, the breakdown of the play. So we, we run a rundown. I think it's the same way it's been run for about 150 years. I don't think it's anything different where, you know, you catch the ball and you get the runner going and, you know, you don't, you, you know, you dump the ball off and the guy calls ball and then you move and you go behind the uh, the guy that you dumped the ball to or you go that, to that base. and um, Follow we, your throw. You follow your throw. But we heard, you know, that there's... Uh, there's a new way to do it. And what you do is you get the ball and you get it out of your glove and you pump fake as many times as you possibly can. And then when you get rid of it, you quickly turn around and go back to where you started from. Brilliant, right? I like it. You know, changing the game again. I like it. So I mean, so the, pump fakes are in now, even pump. though every coach I've ever said has been like, no on the pump fake. No on the pump fake. <clears throat> and then uh, returning like to your base, returning to your base, that makes total sense. Oh, of course, yeah. Let the guy jump on your back and you know get a little interference on well, the way there. It's a safe, it's a safe place. It's a safe place to go back to where you came from. Oh, geez. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's warm. It's fuzzy. You know. I, I tell you what, um, cutoffs from the outfield and rundowns are probably my two favorite team activities. Mm-hmm. Um, just, I mean, you get everybody moving. You get everybody. You know, there, there's a lot of different moving parts that are happening. Uh, at one time, it's probably they're they're probably two of the better pl- places I think to go when you're you know trying to keep kids engaged and things like that because there is so much that goes on. I, I it's it's ridiculous to see how poorly they're taught. Oh, and even and you know we we get it we get you know we get it back because we see the execution of this stuff and I mean even you know to the extent of you know the the showcase type kids that are going to the next level still don't know how to run. 
you know, those those type of fundamentals. You know, it's it's important that you know that you run. You know, when you're screaming trail, trail, and and they don't know what you mean, that's that's unfortunate. And that's just the X's and O's. That doesn't even get into the the technique work. You know, the you know the the cutoff man catching the ball with his glove with side. his feet moving, glove yeah. side. You yeah. know, t- turning his shoulders as the ball's in the air. Uh, reading, you know, making sure you have the right depth and, mm-hmm. and so that you can read the runners that are, you know, on the base pass in front of you. And, you know, there's a lot of things that go that go into it that are, you know, when the kids think about them, it's like, okay, that's kind of common sense. But, sure. you know, you you got to go through it because there's so many different uh, aspects. To it. And then the rundowns. Uh, coming from the first baseman, you know, that's probably the most difficult one we see. The first baseman has a, there's a ton of technique, not, not a ton of technique, but some basic things they got to understand as far as coming forward in front of the base path, creating a mm-hmm. throwing lane, getting the yeah. ball out of your glove, getting the guy yeah. moving, getting the shoulders turned on the base runner, and, and then, you know, delivering a ball and getting to your spot. But uh, I, you see some of these guys that uh, never, you know, were never really taught it, and they just, you know, they, they lay up at night, they lay in on. bed at night going, I got it. I figured it out. I, I mean, I haven't looked for this online because this is something that was just drilled into me, you know, especially through spring trainings and stuff. But, I mean, I feel like you've got to be able to YouTube that before you go out and teach it. You, you think, think you have some YouTube information there. With, with <laughs> there's plenty of information there. But, you know, this guy was brilliant. He's going to change the game. He's going to, you know. And I, it's just amazing. Like, and these are people. This is a high school coach. This isn't somebody that has, you know, that is that. You know, we work with kids all the time, and that's right. We run, we work rundowns. We work in cutoff and relays all the time. We what we do is our practices. We run the, the things that are going to happen most often in a game. Right. We so, need to make the routine plays. Right. I mean, mm-hmm. the, the routine plays are to take you in and out. You run your cutoffs. You run your your, your double cuts. If you can get a little um, <clears throat> communication on the on the fly ball and pop up priority stuff, that's sure. always good. I mean, yeah. but it's all the you know bunt defenses. You the, know, I mean, these are the basics of the game. And the bunt defense is even getting into the weeds just a little bit. I mean, the other stuff is just routine. You're going to see that, you know, in, in just about every single ball game. The bunt defense takes a little more. It takes a little more work, and usually there's a little more. Um, on the line when that kind of comes mm-hmm. up, you know. So it's not an every game kind of situation, but uh, it's definitely something to touch on. But it's 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 incredible. All right, so how his, poorly his, some of these things are. It's it's just the knowledge, I guess, or you know, it's when you know when you are a JV player and you almost made all league, but your coach screwed you. You know, this is what you remember from the game, and this is what you're teaching. The, the, so there's another play. Okay, so you run pickoffs. That's some that we work on also, right? You want to control the running game, you know, potentially get a kid that's a little froggy and, you know, pick them off. So, you know, we, we, we incorporate that into our, into our practices. There's a new way to do it, though. So when there's a man on base and the pitcher has the ball, the coach from the umpire yells, fire! And then he turns and he throws to the base. Why doesn't he just yell, why doesn't the guy in the third base coach yell box simultaneously? Huh? Yeah, there would be a defense to it, oh, right? It'd be yeah, a verbal defense. Man. You'd be like, uh, <laughs> "Yeah, brilliant." I, some of that, I mean, to me, that's that, that's uh, it's it's handcuffing your players, or it's 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 I don't know. It's not you're not allowing your players to go out there and perform. I mean, if you're yelling stuff across the field to initiate a, the play from the dugout, yeah. Uh, that, that I mean, that's pretty. That's pretty bushly. That I wouldn't even call bushly. I mean, it's just poor though, because you know, it's like it's like when you're when you're you know when you're watching kids on the base pass. You know, we're always verbal. You know, we're yelling. Right. We're you know, we're, we're you know, go 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 go. You know, things like that. But there's nothing that replaces their first instinct. 
Like they're going to be quicker if they read it and they've, you know, if they if they've studied if they know where the outfielders are at and they get the contact read. There's no way we're going to be faster. You know, a ball in the dirt. Right. Kid. Right. Kid pops up. If we yell go, and then he listens, he hears go, and then he goes. He's, he's yeah, out. in trouble. He's right. out. Yeah. You know. So you know, it's one of those things. Like if you're going to run, you know, successful pick plays at second base, it's got to be. You have to have players that have put the work in on the mound. Uh, that works with the infielders, that have the timing mechanism down, that, that understand what they're trying to do, what they're mm-hmm. looking for. You, you know, if you go in there and you just and you just you know you try to take all the all the kids thinking and and, and get rid of all the instincts and stuff like that, it's going to be a slow. I mean, it's bad baseball. It's just going right. to be a slow bad baseball game. You know, we try to um, we try to work on instincts. You know, but instincts sometimes are just some some guys have it. You know, some guys have high baseball IQ. Some guys understand the anticipation of the game and go. So that's another thing that, you know, that we, you know, a man gets on third base, you know, you know, which, which, what are you thinking? You know, a pass ball, right? Wild pitch, you're anticipating. So be aggressive, you know, mm-hmm. because if it's a little bit out of the circle, you may be able to get it. Um, and then what are you looking for? What do you, what, what, you know, what, what tells you if that ball is going to be in the dirt? You know, th- those are, those are where right, the instincts right, come in. Right, right. Uh, this week with uh, the, the 12, the 12 U team, I was out of practice. And one of the things that we, we were uh, focusing on wasn't, wasn't anything crazy when you think about it, but it, it, it's just giving them knowledge before the pitch. It's, it was coming up with a routine when they're on first base to make sure that they have all the information before they get out yeah. and get their lead. Right. You know, so it was making sure they were flashing the outs to the, the base coach, uh, making sure that their next step after getting the sign was to check the outfielders, to know where mm-hmm. the outfielders were at, and then picking up the baseball and getting their lead. And it sounds really simple. It sounds, you know, it's, it, you know, it's not, well, everybody could do that. Everybody can do that, yeah, but, but not doesn't. enough kids come off the base knowing where those outfielders are at. Mm-hmm. And that's where good situational base running starts. You know, you if know you know the where the fielders are, if you know where, if you know that that line drive over the second baseman's head is into a gap now, it's not just a, a routine single. You're going first to third. You know, there, there's a right. lot of things that you can you can pick up and you make make a mediocre base runner or a really good base runner, make a you know a fast kid a great base runner. Mm-hmm. So you have to play the game, but you have to play the game with people that or for people that that have knowledge of the game but understand how to teach. I like I don't I'm not a big fan of the post game, let's have a meeting powwow type of thing. I'm not, I, I just, I'm not. I'd much rather teach in the course of the game, you know, when, when the situation is hot and you stop them and you explain these things, you know. But, I mean, there's, there's many verbals that come out of the third base box or even the first base box. So, last perfect example, like last weekend, like, you know, I let John, John was coaching first for our team. John, okay, you're going you're gonna to handle the steals here. You know, you're just you're going to whisper in their ear. I'm not even going to give a sign, you know, because I know his instincts and nobody's thinking. It's, you know, it's like, okay, and more times than not, we're on the same page and we will probably would have run in the same situation. Um, you know, but at least, you know, th- there's a group of people on the field that kind of understand that the game is played a certain way and there's certain pieces. You know, we were talking last week about the, about the stopwatch, you know, and how important that is, you know. So you're saying, okay, we're looking for somebody that's, you know, a certain number to the plate, so, so right. a, a right-handed pitcher a that's time. in high school, if he's if he's uh, one three or below, that's a pretty good number. If he's one, you know, one three, one four, that's in the middle. You know, once you start getting into the one five range, that's that's starting to get into the slower, mm-hmm. the slower uh, delivery time to the plate. And then if you add that to the pop time, right? So if you get, uh, you know, if you get a kid that pops a, a two, you know, and you put the you put those two numbers together, you've got about a three and a half, you right. know, three five, three six, uh, with with a twelve foot lead. And a, and a mediocre base runner, they have to get a great jump, and you're looking for a pitch. 
Now, if you take that same catcher and you put him at a 2-2 two, two, and you take that same pitcher and leave him at a 1-5, now he's at a 3-7, 3-8. Right, we should be now walking into second we base. Can, now we can steal right. on the fastball right. uh, as long as we get the jump, you know, as long as we get right. the jump. So it's all just working the numbers together and understanding who's going. Another thing that I think, the, the biggest thing that has helped me with, with steals, and, and Tom Hay, going back to Tom Hay Coggins back several yeah. years ago, is... You know, I can just sit, I, I sit there and I pattern pitchers. You know, I figure out. Right. Like, I had Tom Tom Hayes stole twelve or fifteen bags, and I mean, he's mm-hmm. he's slow as molasses, <laughs> right? He stole twelve or fifteen bags over the summer, but and 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 twelve or you know, all twelve of them were on a breaking pitch. It's right. like, hey, we got a breaking ball yeah. coming here. You know, see you later. Go get your jump. Yeah. Get out there. So you know that on the pitching side, that's that's actually something that has helped me uh, run the base pass or help help my guys on the base pass. On the base running side, we've also taught our kids to peak. You know, I mean, some of the, so many of these catches at this age level just just flash signs out there. I mean, if we wanted, you could call. I I, I don't because I want our guys to learn how to hit and work and recognize situations and counts and you know, I bet you at least twice a weekend we could sit there and go ahead and call pitches from the from the third base box or the yeah, first just base give box. Verbals. Just, just give verbals and stuff like that. But we don't because I don't want you know I I don't want our kids to do it now. If, now if a kid gets out the second base and they're flashing one sign or he's picking up. You know, second sign after you know whatever, whatever they they, they determine their signs are going to be, and he can relay that to the hitter. I encourage that because yeah. those are the players. You know, figuring out the situation, those guys in tune to what's it's going your, on. It's the pitcher and catcher's job to make sure that doesn't yeah, happen yeah. too. That's I mean, why that's, we flash signs. Yeah. You know, if you're just putting down a curveball or a changeup every time, I'm telling the guys take off, run, go. You know, mm-hmm. you get banged, to get banged, but you know, chances are you're not. Um, it, 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 there's so many of those those little details in the game that you know that are not taught. You know, and encouraged even. Sometimes they're not even yeah. encouraged. It's you know, if, if those are, uh, it's knowledge. If you yeah. have knowledge, then you have right. confidence. If you have confidence, you're quicker. Your mm-hmm. instincts look better. You know, so anytime you know, it goes back to you know, looking at your outfielders when you take your lead. If you take your lead, you know where that outfielder's at. You're faster. If you are on second base and you know a breaking ball is coming and there's one out and it's a good situation to take third base, you you're, you're going to be more aggressive. You're going to be you're going to be a better player because of that. So, I, asked, I asked our dugout last week. You know, we we were into the third inning. And, um, you know, we don't take in and out anymore like we did when we were playing, you know, early. And you can go out and sit and you can watch an outfielder's arm, right? So you got to determine who can throw, who can't throw. So in between innings, you watch these kids play catch. It's just like I'm watching the pitcher warm up. If I see a kid that's doing long toss and he's throwing darts from center field, I'm like, okay, you know, we got something coming, mm-hmm. you know. But they don't watch. They don't, they don't pick up the information that can help them. And we have to kind of continuously relay it. Like, can that kid in left field throw a ball? No, okay, you're at second base and there's a ground ball right at him. What are we thinking? Are you looking for me or are you going to, you know, are we going? Um, yeah, know, but so- how cool is it? I, I will say this, though. I mean, it, it you know, the, the, a lot of the kids aren't picking that stuff up, but then you get some of those guys that do pick it up. Yeah. And then, you know, you see them out there and, and you see them just a step quicker on everything yeah. that happens. You know, Drew Roberts comes to mind with his base mm-hmm. running. Like, I mean, he, he knew... He, he knew before the play happened how this thing was going to play out if this had happened. Yeah. And part of that, which I, I, I think... I don't think happens enough is the kids aren't, aren't rehearsing plays in their heads they're not encouraged to rehearse plays in their head. You know, I, you know, I was, I was talking to those guys about catching, you know, when you see like a sports center catch in the, in the gap, you know, yeah. some outfielder goes 90 right. feet and lays out and catches the ball. That's not the first time he's made that catch. Right. He's made that catch a hundred times in his head before that play happened. Mm-hmm. You know, so the, you know, those kind of guys that, that, that see the game that way and that are out there playing two and three games in their head, in addition to the you know the, the physical game on the field, those guys those guys have the edge, man. They they absolutely have the edge. You see a kid out in the outfield and he's taking swings, or you see him going down and fielding. 
I mean, encourage that, man, because he's yeah. out there and he's imagining what's going to so, happen in this game. Say better, better to tame a stallion than to kick a mule. You know, let those guys be aggressive and go. It's just even details like secondary leads and things like that, or even taking a lead and not, not understanding like how much distance you really have. You're talking about time, right? I mean, watch these guys. On are they how many? How, how often do they go to first? How often do they turn and throw to second? Are they trying to slow down the running game? Are they not trying to slow down the running game? Take you know, take advantage of these things that would be given to you. I don't know where they where I developed those. I mean, I, I I think I developed them in the street playing against my friends, you know, young at a young age because we we did it together, and you know, we figured out the game, you know, that way. I didn't have these coaches that were saying, you know, this is how you do, you know, X, Y, and Z. You just go ahead and. Well, you were probably. You, I mean, you, you developed the aggressiveness, and then right. and then you hone that as as the skill level that you're playing against picks up, mm-hmm. and you, you know you figure out how to pick your spots. But I think the instincts and stuff like that, they're not. You know, some of it is. You know, you're lucky to be a little quicker and stuff like that. But the instincts are, mm-hmm. is from sitting there and having seen it before and being able to anticipate it. So I went to Wilson STEM Academy this past week. And it is a, a Title I school, which means it's below the poverty line. And um, I got to speak along with Morris Madden and Alan Barnes that are part of our Not Whole um, board. And uh, that's the Wilson Academy is directly down the street from the complex we're building. Right? So you had all these baseball fields here. I mean, literally, like, you could walk out the front door and walk 200 yards and be on our complex. And I spoke to the eighth grade that had four classes. And I asked those people, how many people have seen those fields being built down there? There was like two. It's pretty sad. It was, it, it, was, it was really sad because that's been in their community. That, that Optimus Park has been in their community forever. Mm-hmm. And nobody's really, you know, um, ever taken advantage of it. So I, it, it, it was wild. And then I'm, then I'm asking them, and I guess this is probably just age. You know, because they were saying, they asked me, like, you know, well, what, well tell us a little bit about, your, you know, your, your baseball career. And I had an opportunity to wear either a big league jersey there or, you know, that's what they expected me to wear. One of, you know, one of the three jerseys that I have. And I, and I did it. And I wore my college jersey just kind of like to give the impression of my, you know, this is, you know, I had an education before I, you know, before I got to do it, I got to do it in the game. And you got too fat. And I couldn't fit in the other jerseys. Exactly. <laughs> I couldn't fit in any other jersey. This one fit me. I was like, oh, okay. It actually made me look good. No, no, nothing makes me look good. You didn't look as bad. I didn't look at as bad. Yeah, That's yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I didn't look at as bad. So I asked the kids, you know, um, how many of you people know who Cal Ripken is? Not a single hand went up. These are 14, 15-year-old kids. Not a single hand. Right? But you ask them who Snoop Dogg is. Yeah. Snoop Dogg, you're even dating yourself. With Snoop I did Dogg. date myself with Snoop Dogg. Who, like, you got to be like a little Nas X or yeah. who's Nas um, X? Is that like something like when you have a cold? Yeah, he, it's he's like the a one mucus that, reducer he, or something. That old Town Road, Old Town Road, Drake. Remember that one? Oh, that video! <laughs> I got to find that video. I've been looking for that. That was like classic. That's classic. That, that video is too funny. Old Town Road is called. I'm it's searching. Number that. one, it's the. Dude, I that don't listen to it. I don't listen to the, the billboard radio. charts that broke the record not, for I, the longest number. You know what I do? I, I podcast. I podcast. I, I don't podcast. I, I what is the uh, Pandora when I go to the gym and it's seventies and eighties rock, and that's about it. Some Van Morrison, maybe some some Bruce Springsteen, things like that. I never. If you if you walk in the house, I sit on the couch and I watch Fox News from the minute I got in there to the to the time I go to bed, and then when I get in the truck, it's Fox News. 
You, <laughs> you're like my great grandparents. I am. That's like that's all, man. That stuff plays out. There's no better daytime drama or nighttime drama going on than what's going on in politics. Every day. Yep, it's crazy. I don't. I try to avoid politics like the plague. God, there's never anything good. No one's ever like, "Hey, we get we got a we had a great deal happen today." Or, hey, well, we that's the together. Democrats. Like, no one, <laughs> it's going both ways. They're, no one's it working is. together. They're just out there yeah. fighting all the time. It's, it's like, crazy. It is. They're all fighting for the election. But that's a, a whole. Different. It's that's, like the same story. It's like the same story every day. And no, then they try to spin, it's and not they the try same story every day. So you're telling one me one times it's Russia, then it's Ukraine, then it's. I was going to say all you have to insert <laughs> is what different country you want to involve as far cook, as who we're dealing it's with. A, it's a cookie cutter thing, and then every now and then you get the, uh, the 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 predator out there that's chasing all those interns around. That's always interesting stuff. But it is it, it's, it's a, a revolver, isn't it? it I it, mean, it's the, the same. It's a, a, SSDD. SSDD. What Speaking is of fights, same ish. Different day. <laughs> Speaking of fights, how about the NL Central? Yeah, that's going to be that's going to be tight. That's a good battle. What's the uh, what's the standings? One and a half. Cardinals one, one and a half. One, one, one. Because Milwaukee, no, well, won. Milwaukee won yesterday, and yep. the Cardinals didn't play. So three games left for each of them. So any combination of a Cardinal win and a Milwaukee loss, Cardinals take the no. No, they got no, one they more. Gotta, if they win all three, they control their own destiny. Mm-hmm. Destiny. Right. If they win two out of three and Milwaukee sweeps, it's a tie. Wow. So well, what happens at a tie? They have to play the game. The one game playoff. And then the loser the of that division. is likely to be wild card two. Right. Which is the road game into Washington. One game. One game to face sure. I wish that was three Hang games. With them. <laughs> I wish I wish it went three games, five games. Yeah, one game. You just had 162 games. games. Go ahead. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, no. So you're taking two games. You're taking two games off of the uh, the 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 division the division championship. So you go two, you go you go three game wild card, right? You played the whole season to play one game. No, you hold well. Don't win the wild card then. Win the division. I get it. But That's why there's a premium premium on winning the division. Okay, so but you still got to play the wild card. Got to play the wild card game. Okay, and you could do the wild card game. Here's so the wild card game. game beats them up, and it still gives the it still gives the division series uh, the division championship. So here's the thing: if they tie, they have to play the play in game. Right. Then they have to go play the wild card game. Right. You know, I mean, so you want to win the division. Yeah. Sure. You, st- you really want to win that division. Mm-hmm. Okay, you guys don't want to hear my point. No. You What's know, your point? Totally, completely, totally ignore me. You want to play, you want to play, you want I want to play, th- play, I want to play five, game. a five-game series. I mean, I want to play a three-game series, okay, for the wild card. And then I want to play a five-game series for the national, for the division championship. And then a seven-game day, seven game for the World Series. So you're, you're losing two in the division series. Right, I, I mean it's the it's the Brewers and Cardinals, so I I don't I don't have a ton of interest. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Schultz's mom's gonna come kill you because no. listen, I, I had lunch with her yesterday. I, the poor woman's in tears every day. She's like in pins and needles, and uh, you know. No, they're in the playoffs. They're in the playoffs. I don't I don't consider the wild card the one game playoff. I don't consider that a playoff. Then win the division. Well, I get That's it. That's on but you. Then, but you got lucky. I, listen, five, t- uh, five, seven years ago, the you were lucky. The playoffs means you have a series. The playoffs is a series. The playoff, you know, it's, it's a series. They call it the wild card play-in game, don't they? Do they they call, call it a play-in game? They, I don't know. They're, they're calling it a playoff berth. Well, you know? I mean, it's a postseason berth. It's a postseason berth. game. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I, I, I don't discount the... You don't want to discount the the division for sure. I mean, we all right. agree on that. Right. And then it, it all becomes like, how do you fit all this stuff in there? Like, you, you, do you want to shorten the division series 
or would we rather have that series be a stronger series and the wild cards is is what it is you know i feel like that's the lesser of the two evils right now i'd rather have the wild cards have to fight for it i like the division I, winners I do, I do like the wild card but i don't like that i don't like the format that's my that's the, my gig we could with your series is set up we're going to play into december what's wrong with that <laughs> You got a problem with that? Everything's in a dome. <laughs> huh? How about yeah. the How about the Twins hitting three hundred home runs? Oh my gosh, that's nuts! The minute, name Name three Twins players. Shoot, I don't know Twins players. I, I tell you, I Sano. Sano was one. So no, I like Sano. Uh, you got You got Cruz. <laughs> you got Sano. Okay. Tomato, Cruz, tomato. Yeah, Sano, Sano. Yeah, I don't pay attention to the Twins. Now he's strict with Cardinals. Yeah. So get, like you know, step it up, dude. Sorry, yeah. I couldn't. I couldn't name another player on the team. I would. Say, I'm gonna throw out Martinez because there's a Martinez on every team. God, you're racist. There's <laughs> one on every Sounds team. Racist, right? It's like uh, Smith. How many yeah. players do they have with over 30 home runs? 43 on total. I the, mean, you're playing. Biggest. I mean, imagine you're playing up there too. And I mean, it's not like April and May the ball is flying in Minnesota, right? Mm-hmm. And then you, you know, you got. A roster, of, you know, outside of Cruz and and uh, and Sano, you got. I mean, you can't name anybody on this team, and everybody's got 25, 30 home runs. Yeah, it's a joke. Yes, it is. The oppo's a joke. That's to me. That that's the determining factor. Not how far the guys are pulling the ball. Mm-hmm. It's these guys that are just flicking line drives out of right field from the right side. But uh, all right. So listen to this statistic. Okay, and this is we're, we're going to move into the knot hole and the and the um, the complex and everything. We're we're close. You know, the, the second field is almost complete. Fences are up and everything's almost done on field one. More importantly, though, I made an amazing spreadsheet yesterday. You did make an amazing spreadsheet yesterday. Color-coordinated, fit my, uh, the my, my visual processing. Eddie over at EA or me making a spreadsheet. What is more impressive? Me making a spreadsheet. Color coding it, it's pretty impressive. Like, I mean, Wait, anybody. What, what did he do? Building fields. Oh. <laughs> I, I thought you were talking about him. Systems I thought you were saying him and, making a spreadsheet. No. I'm like, oh, Eddie making biggest, a spreadsheet's pretty the, good. Yeah. The biggest hurdle with me making the spreadsheet is honestly trying to figure Staying out. Staying awake. Trying to figure out <laughs> what the login is to get on the computer. Like, oh. it's, you know, it's got the, the, the my, it's, I, I don't even have my own computer. It's Grady's computer. <laughs> I had to figure out this is what we're hiring I had to I had to figure out what his passcode was and I mean that was it was almost over I almost oh yeah yeah it was almost over you You did conditional formatting and all that stuff yeah 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 yeah. he did none (laughs) so he just highlighted the color (laughs) he figured out just today with crayon (laughs) yeah you you, with crayon This thing, you can't draw on it with a Sharpie. No. <laughs> Trump would. Yeah, he would. <laughs> yeah. Oh, beautiful. Andrew, what, how many times do I call you for passwords and stuff like that? I'm like the worst with that, too. Yeah, you I, are. You have my like own 15 passwords. sticky notes on your computer. I do. I got to go through every sticky God, note. God, that thing's like Fort Knox. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's safe. Nobody can come in here and get into my stuff. It's all over the place. Everybody can, but you. <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember anything, man. It's unbelievable. And then so we had to, I had to fill out an, uh, a form for Dylan to go on. This. Dylan's in dance, right? It's one of those things. Of he loves it. Of course. Loves it. And uh, so they're going to go down to Winthrop on this field trip. And I got to print out the form and fill out the form. And Amanda's got to write the check. And we put it on the counter. And, you know, it's like, Dylan, don't forget your, don't forget your, you know, your stuff and the check and everything this morning. I was like, yeah, I got it, Dad. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Right? 
Two minutes out the door, you know, they drive to school together. Two minutes out the door, hey, Dad, can you bring that form by school? <laughs> I'm like, so I'm thinking, I'm like, this kid is all me. Because if it was Zach, Zach would have had it, you know, not only that, it would have been in an envelope with somebody's name on it. In his go. briefcase. Yeah, and there would be like a backup <laughs> plan, like a stamp on it in case I forget. Mail this, hurry up. You know, two different <laughs> kids. But, yeah, I forget. I forget a lot of stuff, man, especially passwords. So that's the running joke around here. All right, what's your stat? Okay, here's my here's my statistic, or this is what I read this morning. Only 20% of the children from homes with incomes under $25,000 a year play sports compared to 45.5% of kids from homes with an income greater than $100,000 a year. Pretty crazy. Mm-hmm. Goes back to exactly what we're doing with our nonprofits. Goes back to what we're doing with, with UDACF and, and Knothole and... And Morris uh, up there with the RBI program is that, you know, it's it, 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 it all comes down to the economics. It doesn't come down to every kid needs participation. It comes down to every family needs to be able to afford to pay for the kid to play. Yeah, and it's not it's, uh, that doesn't even mention baseball specifically. That's no, just it's all sports, sports in general, sports. right? So it could be. Great. But I mean, that's that, that's that, yeah. I mean, it's it's always economics. It's all you know. You want to talk about kids' diets. Organic food and non-organic food. Right. It would probably be something very similar to that. Like sure. only five percent of you know people under twenty-five thousand dollars a year eat organic food, or, or whatever the case may be. I mean, it, money is money is the it it makes the it so makes you, the world go round. We've got you've, we've got to find a way to bridge the gap, and especially. I mean, here's the thing: like if if, if kids don't play sports when they're young, they're not going to play sports mm-hmm. later on. It's not something you pick up right, later right, on. right, right, right. So I mean, you know, with with, with sports in particular, you know, kids can change their diet as they get older, and and you know, they become their own individuals. But as as kids, it, you know, we we have a responsibility as a society to to make sure that uh, we're we're exposing them to it and getting them letting getting them the opportunity. And I'm not even talking about the kids that are you know, college bound and all that. No, kind of that's stuff. not. No, just getting out there and learning how to perform within a team and how to, uh, you know, how to manage yourself. Learning, learning how to have some some of the some of those um, qualities. Yeah. It's uh, it's uh, the a lot of these kids in the in that school that I went through the other day. I mean, so I asked them. I said, "What you know? What's your dreams?" I mean, because I, I always kind of like table things. Like, okay, everybody has dreams, right? So dreams are like, we we dreamt of playing in the big leagues. Okay, you dream that when you're 10, 11, 12 years old. Doesn't mean you're going to the big leagues just because you dream it. You have to set goals along the way. And how do you get there? Well, these kids all had dreams. None of them understood how to set goals. You know, like, what do you need to do? And I was telling one kid, I said, okay, what's your dream? He goes, I want to be in the military. I'm like, okay, do you understand? You're where? Army, okay. Do you know about West Point? No, what's West Point? You know, well, go go West Point. Why don't you go in as an officer? Why don't you figure out if you have the ability to? And I said, you're sitting in a in a in a, in, a, in a poverty situation, you know, where they're going to encourage you to be, you know, and and give you a greater opportunity to get something like that because it's, you know, there's, there's minority opportunities involved in it, and 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 lower income opportunities involved in it. And so I said, how many kids have phones? And they all raise their hand. I said, how many kids Google? That group right there. They Google. You know, they didn't go. I'm like, you have, you know, we had to go get like encyclopedias and stuff like that and figure it out. I nah, just make it up. Yeah. <laughs> as long as it sounds good, you make it up, right? But none of the kids, none of the kids got it. I mean, so I'm like, you know, go figure out, like, what are the steps? You know, go down and meet, you know, can you be in the ROTC? You know, what are your grades needed to be? What are the options? You know, what are the branches? And uh, it was wild. So then out of that whole group, right? Out of that whole group, there's probably, I probably saw 80 kids, maybe. Maybe that's a little high, 70, 60. I asked, how many of you guys want to be teachers? None. Two. Mm. Two raised their hand. Pretty sad. Mm-hmm. Pretty sad scenario. 
But to go back to that the situation and what and what we're involved with and with with Not Whole and UDACF and we have our gala coming up on November eighth, which is which is a good a good time and it's uh, you know it's it's baseball people in the community that you know they're not territorial they could care less who they play for what they do and they show up and we have uh, we have a big party and we raise funds to help players into uh, you know into our environment or other environments that are going to give them the opportunity. To your point, John, the opportunity is not just, you know, are we going to the next level as a college baseball player or are you going to be a pro? You know, it's, it's education first. You know, can you get the opportunity? Because these kids are getting boxed out if they can't be in there to, to go to a showcase or to get into a, a, a venue or a tournament where there's going to be college recruiters there. They're going to give them an opportunity to lessen the blow of going to college financially. Um, health, health and wellness is a big part of what we're doing out there. Uh, we have a, an agreement with Atrium that's going to bring their, you know, their traveling mobile, you know, unit out, and um, you know they're going to get physicals, and then we have you know the kids are going to come get their their teeth checked out, and then just being out there, just you know, life skills and and lessons. But you know, it's funny because it, the the looks on the kids at that grade in that situation would be different if you were looking at a kid down in South Charlotte. You know, it's just the, their eyes are different. You know, it's almost like they, you know, they, like this is what it is, and there's not much hope to it. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's and how how do we give that back to them? So, you know, the, the gala's on November eighth. You know, we, we we have tickets for sale at, at at udacf.org. I mean, go. It's a great night. There's a lot of auction items. It's an open bar. We have dinner. Um, we've had some great guests in the past. You know, we've uh, every year we've had a great guest. No doubt about it. Tom Walter from. Wake Forest, who donated his kidney uh, to an incoming, or do you donate your whole kidney? Yeah, you got two of them, right? Yeah, you donate your whole kidney. Is this meat or is this venison? That? It's cannibalism, if you will. <laughs> <laughs> don't, right? don't, don't, don't eat that. <laughs> don't eat that. Next year, we had Chris Singleton, whose mom was the uh, Sharonda, who was the pastor at the Charleston Church Massacre. A uh, year after that, Landon Powell and his wife, Allison. Um, you know, just this game is you know, been his sanctuary and, and also, uh, you know, he's mentoring young men down in North Greenville, changing lives down there. Uh, Mike Schilt, head coach, uh, manager of the St. Louis Cardinals. And this year we have Jack Leggett. And Jack is the manager of our 18U USA national team and lifetime of coaching at the college level and the majority of it at the at Clemson University. So, Do you think he'll, he's going to be on board with a new way to do rundowns? Oh yeah. oh yeah, he's listening right now. Yeah. Sure, he's all over yeah. this. Yeah, he's he's probably. We'll see our national team, you know, pump faking and running back to their spot <laughs> where they're safe. Head home, head home. So, um, you know, that's it. And then we built the complex. You know, and the complex has uh, has programming to it that's not everything that's done is not going to be for the dollar amount. It's going to we're going to create opportunities for those kids up in that area that can come out there and participate and hopefully get involved in our game. So there's another statistic out that says that baseball, as far as um, percentages since 2015 is increasing, and basketball is basketball is number one, uh, baseball, but then football and soccer are decreasing. I saw football; uh, it was kind of a, a dual uh, football. Tackle football is decreasing, and flag football. What ages was that, Chief? You remember youth? <clears throat> More the little league level. Yeah, I yeah. Can definitely. More see the that. little league level. Yeah, I can see you that. Know, you can see be, you know, on the smaller fields. Yeah. You know. You know what's uh, that's great. It's a great stat. We need more fields. There's, yeah. there's not enough fields out there to to uh, take all these kids into account. The last the last number that I saw we'll talk, we'll talk sixty ninety because that's what I know. But a lot of you know a lot of the 
the rec organizations, you know, the, we don't have enough of them. Or, or the ones we do aren't being properly run. Um, but there was, for every 128 teams that play on a 60-foot mound, 90-foot base field, there was only one field available. That so, seems amazing. And it, you know what? You know what bothers me about that number? And I don't, you know, I don't know if the number's perfect or not. No, it's not perfect. It's definitely, it's, it's, it's close. definitely, yeah, it's, it's definitely close. close. Is there so... That you, you said get, make stuff up. You get these school... Yeah, exactly. I like... <laughs> I like... I was saying something in a thousand. You get these um, these publicly... They, so public schools. Right. You know, it's, it's, it's the community, right? It's the community school. And you can't get any field time at, no. the, at their fields. Well, you can get it... You can get it at... at um, I'm not talking about advance, and you can get it at Waddell, and you can get it at you know we had to we had to scratch. McDowell did a great job scratching over here, um, like I said at, at Waddell, but Olympic, you know schools like that where the the school districts well they don't care about baseball at all. No, they don't care um, about the fields. They may, they so, may think that they care about baseball, but they don't care about maintaining the they're fields. They're so no. the, the, these, and I mean I get it because you know these coaches put a lot of time and energy and their own blood sure. and sweat into into these fields, and they look great. And they sit dormant a lot of the time, yeah. and there's a lot of there's well, a lot of teams. That, you know why they look great in those areas right they there? They got money. Yeah, they have booster clubs. Mm-hmm. They get they get they get higher than a hundred thousand dollar a year incomes mm-hmm. in in those areas. So you go to the other places and you get up to Vance and Lindell Porter, and you're gonna say, hey, let's have a booster club. You know, what are you boosting? What are you gonna bring? Mm-hmm. Who's you know? They're worried about eating. Mm-hmm. They're not worried about how nice is this field and are we, you know, are we the top? But you go down to AK where Bags does a great job. Bagwell does a tremendous job on that field. It's beautiful. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's 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 built and used for whatever program he wants to build and use it for, which is his collegiate program or his, you know, his uh you know, his high school fall program or whatever. I don't you know, it's but again, he has the money, he has the resources coming. Not only um, you know, probably they probably get a little bit more money in that school district than they do, you know, the other ones, but he's got a booster club money. You can look where where the good baseball teams come out of consistently, and you you can guarantee that the average income is higher. Oh, no doubt about it. Yeah, I mean, listen, it's what we do in here. Providence, Myers Park, Hardwickell. <clears throat> I mean, those are those are mm-hmm. those are schools in our area. Um, what's the school up on the north side of town? Um, Huff. 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 Yeah. yeah you're getting you get you know it's all yeah. it's, it's, Mooresville. You get up in there. Gotta, you've got to have some money to play this game, and that's what the foundation is trying to bridge. Look at uh, Olympic, for example, right? Their their football field's turf, and they have like huge stadium seating there. It's revenue. Yeah, I mean, you look at their baseball field; it's yeah. it's bad. Yeah. It used to be okay. It used to be feasible when I was there, but it's. it's I'll tell you what; it's a. I've been over there. It's a good piece it's got bones. of. It's got oh, a good yeah, piece of property. Does. Like yeah. it's got bones. you could do the the way it's set up and and the 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 areas around it that you could transition and stuff. I mean, there's a lot of opportunity there. Mm-hmm. Again, it's going to come down to. Who, you know what kind of money can come into that program? Right. What what can be boosted? Well, when I was there, Eddie redid the field. It's just not maintained. No one maintains it. When you were there, Eddie redid Olympic. Mm-hmm. Well, that's what people don't understand is the maintenance. I mean, we're watching that. We're watching that complex be developed, and it, it, it's to major league specs. And you know, there's there's eight inch ravines in in every part of that field, deep, eight inch deep, ten feet wide, just for drainage. You know. So when you go ahead and you and you build something like that and you put the investment into it like Eddie did over there, if you don't maintain it, it's gonna it's gonna it's grass. It's gonna turn to weed. It's gonna you know there's dust. You know you gotta put you gotta Waddell, keep Waddell, turning, putting dirt into it and stuff. Waddell has a garden hose that goes out to the field to water the infield dirt. I mean you you know Jack right. McDowell's been out there for an hour and a half 
watering the field because it's so dry that it just it just keeps sucking it up. And he's got a water hose. <laughs> I mean, it's 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 crazy. You watered Springfield the other day, which we maintain. You know, and how fast does that water evaporate? And we've soaked that field many times, so there's water, you know, underneath the dirt. Um, right. Yeah, you got to saturate it. <clears throat> yeah. But it's, you know, it's fortunate because, you know, you got a chance to go and, and they turn the lights on and you got a nice hardwood floor and you got a basketball court and, you know, it's it's nice. Like, I've never really been in a basketball court that I go, well, this is just absolutely horrible unless the floors are all warped or something. That was you know? my high school. That was your high school? Well, we, uh, my high school. So I went to high school in the San Fernando Valley and uh, the Northridge earthquake had happened in 94. Yeah. So I went into high school in 94, you know, the end of 94, right. 95 was my freshman year and the gym was was uh, condemned for the first bit. Like it wasn't even open. There was a auxiliary gym that they had to practice yeah. in, and then after a while, they they uh, they opened it back up. It was structurally sound, but the, the there was it was literally that floor. Like there was slats missing. Yeah, man. We were in yeah. there playing some. But you were hooping basketball. Oh, you man. were hooping. I was the great white hope. Were you? You were the Jerry. What's that? The, the Jerry Cooney of uh, basketball. I don't know what that means, man. Jerry Cooney, man. He was the great white hope that, off of Long that, Island. Yeah, uh-huh, right. yeah. Never heard of him. Got pounded nah. by Ali. Got pounded by Frazier. Oh, they he probably made a story big, about Big him. Irish guy that, you know. Oh, I saw. He's a he's a beer delivery guy now. <laughs> I saw. I know. I mean, he's, a, he's, in, he's in the Suff County Hall of Fame. I'm in there. Not a, uh, <clears throat> you know, maybe he, this guy's from Boston. No, this is. about the guy yeah. from Boston. But this guy got, uh, he got beat up pretty good. Yeah. But uh, now he's a, a beer. Uh, Carmine Pasilio. That's, uh, that was, he was like some beer, beer guy out of, uh, yeah, it's interesting. But yeah. Uh, you know the fields are the fields have to be maintained. You know, I mean, we've learned. I've learned that from Virginia when we had Virginia. How you know you play on these fields your whole life and you have no idea what it takes or you know what it takes to build it. Number one, the cost, the labor that's involved. We went out and we did the sod that day. That's mm-hmm. you know, that's you know that's some manual labor, man. That's that's a, that's, that's a bear. And then and then to maintain it to keep it the way it is and keep the surface playing the way that you wanted to play. Because, you know, what we took over at, at the Optimist Club was completely run over. You know, it was... It was and that's, you know, I mean, even the, even the rec leagues that are in pretty good shape, I mean, that's what happens with the fields. I mean, they're, you know, it's... They drag it and, and they mow the lawn. There's no, there's no like, long-term right. work put into them. You know... Schedule of aeration and, that's and why seeding the and sanding. That's unbelievable. Yeah. I mean, the, the infield plays smooth yep. the grass is you know the, the grass is tight where it's supposed to be the mound is the right mm-hmm. distance from home plate which right. is another funny thing you see <laughs> and these the, ma- yeah, the mound is if lined you, up with second base if you go measure these mounds out <laughs> yeah. at some of these fields you'd be like wow we're, first of all we're a foot left yeah. and we're throwing 59 feet so you've been over to um, Indian land Mm-mm. have you been over to Indian land Mm-mm. that mound was is a mountain right literally a mountain you know I've walked up to, to go get it and I feel like I'm like I'm hiking up something Trace White told me the other day they, they, they raised the mound. I'm like, how do you raise the mound? You're going to get like snow caps up there if you go in freaking out. Or it's brutal. Wow. Creates its own weather It's system. brutal. But, you know, we built that facility right in the heart of, uh, right in the heart of 10 D1, uh, D1 um, Title I schools, which are all below the poverty line. So we'll, we'll do some programming uh, to, you know, to bring some of those kids out and get them, you know, get them engaged in the game. And hopefully March like 27th, said, for sure. You know. Um, that's that, right. That's a date, March twenty seventh. Yep. We'll have we'll be doing something. Yep. But we, so we'll do some programming with uh, with MLB as well, the play ball and, and different things like that. But you know, that's uh, that's where we're at. That's where our energies are at. You know, I mean, we, we love doing the teams, and it's a big part of it. And we love talking the strategy of the game and being involved in it and competing every day. But you know, in the end, this is uh, 
I don't know, you kind of, nobody's trying to create a legacy, you just, you know, but legacies happen, you know, and this is something that you, you want to leave behind and make sure it's special. Um, anything else in your, your, your weekend to get your boys playing? Yeah, they're playing, they both play Sunday. Yeah. So I'm chasing around the little guys. I think they're just local, little local deals. And then, um, going to see a friend of ours, uh, she's a, she's a, a comedian. Oh. So I'm going to some comedian festival I don't even know what they're Dude, called don't sit in the front row you will get abused like sit in the back in the dark and don't let him even unless you think you're that guy that can that can banter with a comedian I, I don't think I have the I couldn't do it I could do anything I, I want if I, I had 12 <laughs> lights in me <laughs> that's true too you're a pretty funny dude Andrew's related to a comedian mm-hmm. Seba- Sebastian Maniscalco oh that guy's funny man mm. you don't like that guy oh, I can't stand him <laughs> I love that guy. I was at the Chipotle. And then you got to go like this. Then you got to go like. Hey. <laughs> yeah. He's from like Illinois and he sounds like he's like he the biggest he's jabroni ever. He's like his like first cousin. Oh, I'm so, well, I'm, I'm yeah. sorry. I, I'm sure he's a really nice guy, but I can't stand him. He just did the. Uh, How about Bill Barr? He did. Uh, Bill Burr is hilarious. Bill Burr. Bill Burr is the best. Right. Bill Barr. Bill Barr's hilarious he the, uh, too. He's on, what, <laughs> he's on the hill. Was it the awards he did recently or something? <clears throat> Yeah, the VMA. Yes. He, he hosted him or whatever. Oh, yeah. oh, that was uncomfortable. I watched. Uh, I didn't watch. It was just like a little highlight of the beginning. It was just like. Ugh. Did you see? Did you see the Bill Burr thing when he was in Philadelphia? Have you I, seen it? I I know. Oh my God, he just talking about sitting in the front row, and he just went off. He had ten minutes to be on stage. Oh, fourteen minutes, I think it was. Fourteen minutes to be on stage, and he said, "For the next fourteen minutes, I'm just going to rip everything about Philadelphia. It's unreal." Yeah. Yeah, it was, uh, I mean, just to like pull that off and go, but all right. Well, Andrew's giving us the, uh, let's get out of here. I got to head down to Charleston. Um, Charleston. 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 Charleston, South Carolina. And uh, we're going to play down at the shipyard the first time. It's supposed to be a pretty special place, too. Um, again, dollars to go, dollars to play. Here mm-hmm. we go. But uh, we appreciate everybody listening to uh, number 65 and uh, look forward to talking to you sometime next week. So peace out.